Good evening, and uh, welcome to another episode of One Amazing Experience. And I'm delighted today to be joined uh, by Bonnie May. Uh, Bonnie's uh, official title is a Global Operations Director uh, for the Global Infusion Group. Uh, and uh, if uh, anyone was going to represent why people go into the events industry, it would probably be Bonnie. Uh, to give you a little bit of a background, she's toured with the likes of Frank Sinatra, James Brown, Coldplay, Red Hot Chili Peppers, over 100 international tours. Uh, done Glastonbury for 30 years. Uh, she's done, uh, got on here five Olympics, but it may well be more now uh, in terms of what's there, plus the European Games in Baku. Uh, done events for 10 Downing Street, National Television Awards. And Bonnie uh, was the double winner of the National Business Women's Awards last year, both the Verve Clicker International Women's Awards and the overall winner as well. Uh, so, Bonnie, absolutely delighted to have you here. Would you like to give the listeners a little bit uh, of a, an update in terms of, of GIG, Global Infusion Group? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Philip. So, God, that sounded, that sounded quite impressive, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we are um, the Global Infusion Group, which was set up by, by Tony, my, my husband, 36 years ago. Um, those early days were actually Eat to the Beat, which I think is probably for, more familiar to a lot of the listeners. And to be honest with you, is, probably, is absolutely where our sort of our, our heart sits and I think is of our default setting sometimes. So very much got some, some rock and roll roots. Um, but shortly after, you know, touring with bands and festivals, we then realised that there was this whole grown-up corporate world out there. And um, so we switched our sort of our talents to look at that. And that's where kind of gig or the corporate hospitality and sports section, which I now head up, was born. Um, out, out of that and some sort of five to five to six, six years later, we then um, were approached by a, a little company at the time called Red Bull, um, who were just desperately trying to promote their, their drink and get it off the shelves. And, um, and they approached us because they knew that we worked in the music industry and on events. And um, at that time, I was about to go on tour with um, Bruce Springsteen. And they said, well, perhaps if you took 30 cases of Red Bull on tour with you and maybe could just drop one in his dressing room each night, there might just be a chance that he or one of his band might go on stage. And sure enough, that, um, that, was, that, that happened and that sort of forged a very, very close relationship with Red Bull, which we still have now. And some sort of 22, 23 late years later, um, E2B Logistics has been going very, very strong with in excess of 100 clients now, mostly, mostly food and um, drink related, looking after all of their events and their products and all their POS. And then what sits alongside that, if we're not busy enough, usually, I should say, um, we have Bonnie Mae Food and Events. Um, we actually weren't doing anything locally in Buckinghamshire where we're based. And I think the idea of having a global infusion group to, to maybe do your private party or wedding probably sounds a little bit scary. So, so on, the, on the side sits our private division. And, um, and to be honest with you, right now is probably our busiest one, amazingly so. So we've just taken on a new move. We've moved to our new premises, which is really exciting um, and, um, and got us all together under one roof where over the last few years we've been taking on two separate buildings so that's a real snapshot of what we've been up to <laughs> no thank you Bonnie that's very impressive indeed and so we're delighted to have you here today and um we are obviously going to go through uh, if you were to hold a party uh, and it can be a party of your choice uh where it would be what the music would be what drinks you'll be serving to your guests the meal of choice uh your entertainment of choice, which I, I know obviously you have a lot of acts and a lot of friends you can call upon. We do. Um, uh, your celebrity that you would like to have your party, if you would like to have a celebrity, uh, what your first dance track would be, and uh, the big departure, so how you will leave this event, if it's for you. That could be for one of your family. Uh, and uh, a passing gift to your guests as well. So that can be something physical. It can just be a kind word or gesture, whatever you'd like. While we go through it as well, uh, we'll obviously discuss the rise of Global Infusion Group and, and, and yourself and your career and your learnings. Um, and I'm sure it'll be very interesting to all the listeners. Uh, so to start with, uh, your venue of choice, Bonnie, where are you going to have your party? At home. <laughs> At home, okay. Yes, I am. You're allowed to do that. You are the second person to do that. Oh, am I? Yes, you are. Yeah, David Wise also did it at home. <laughs> so why at home? Oh, well, I, mean, we, I absolutely love our home and I think entertaining. We, we're very social anyway. And, and I don't think there are many, many weeks, although saying that lately, that's slightly different. But not many weeks go by when we haven't got friends over in some shape, form or capacity. Um, lucky enough to have a nice big garden. 
So, um, and I think, you know, to be honest with you, with the sort of traveling that we do do and the corporate events that we do work, work on, you know, coming home is always, is always the best thing about that for me. So I think having all my friends and family here would be exactly where I want to be. Fantastic. So it's a, it's a, it's a marquee on the lawn. Yeah. I think more, I think we'd be more teepee kind of look rather than a kind of corporate teepee. Teepee. more a bit yeah, more yeah. of a festival feel perhaps. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, certainly fit. So we're we talking one giant TP or sort of multiple TP with different experiences in each. I think one one big one. Um, yes, to get everyone all under the same roof. I think that's where that's where we'd be at. <laughs> and how and how many guests are you expecting or inviting? Well, it's always a difficult one, isn't it? Because we've got all our family and our close friends, but our extended event family, I mean, where does that start and stop from being working colleagues and friends? So I probably think we'll be looking in around the 250 mark, I should think, of my closest friends. 250 of your closest friends. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like Facebook. Yes, absolutely. And, <laughs> uh, and attire, what are your guests coming in? I think I think we're going to be casual in sort of festivally type gear, I think. I'm not, I'm, you know, again, I think maybe from sort of years of going to corporate events ourselves and I say we're not having, obviously haven't done it so much now, but, you know, in the sort of sort of tens and 15 years ago, lots of those dinners that we used to go to get all dressed up much, much I liked it. I was never particularly comfortable all frocked up and the sort of pressure of what to wear. So I think I'd probably like to take that away from everybody and just come in your festival chills out gear. That's fair enough. And you, uh, I've I, I read that you, you, you've said in terms of when you're organising parties, it's very important to set guests' expectations. So when they come, they know what they're getting. So how, how would you, how would you set your guests' expectations for this one? I think I probably, well, as, as it's probably rule of thumb to a lot of things you do, I think I probably undersell and overdeliver. I think I probably, <laughs> for my own party, keep it a little bit close to my chest, and um, and then yes, yeah, surprise everyone when they got there as to what is the kind of the layers that could unfold throughout the event. Fair enough. And uh, obviously that's the start of your event. We've got the venue, it's at home. It's nice and nice and easy for you. Uh, and uh, I'm sure in terms of the business and the business growth, I know you've been with it, as you say, the Tony originally started, but obviously you've been with Labeling Shijin Group for, for 30 years now. And uh, how, did it, how did it all start? And um, where, I suppose, did you first see a sort of change in step in terms of how it was going forward? Um, I mean, for the first, I mean, yes. Yeah, so, so 32 years ago when I started, I actually joined um, sort of Eat to the Beat and was out on the, and out on the road. So for the first sort of um, nine to 10 years, I was actually on tour. So not particularly in, in the office at all. Um, and just uh, got in those days of touring, which is amazing. I think now, you know, kind of no mobile phones, no internet. We just kind of got waved off into Europe for about three or four months at a time and sort of eventually returned. Very different than it is now. And then when I had um, Harriet, my daughter, then obviously came off the road at that point, and that's when I went into the office. And that's kind of probably coincided more with the ramping up of the corporate and sort of sports side. So that was obviously kind of quite a sea change from coming, being on the road to being in the office. Um, but we then we soon, you know, as we as we grew, you know, we we then realised there was a real market out there for both us as Eat to the Beat and as Gig, and and a crossover of the two sometimes, where on those bigger projects as we started to see them. We were, we were kind of, whilst we were looking after the, all the guys behind the scenes, we were looking after the delegates and corporates as well. So this is kind of where it was a real beauty. In fact, we kind of don't particularly like the phrase, but like the sentiment, a bit more of a kind of a one-stop shop with clients. Um, yeah. So that, that's, you know, those bigger events then coming on, on for us was, um, was, a, was, was a, started to be a bit of a game changer. But I think the, the massive game changer, I think, which was a very conscious decision, which was obviously seven years out of 2012 is when London um, was announced and we knew that the games were coming to town, which was just for us. I think probably everyone included in the events industry was just the best news ever. Um, at, that, at that point, we were um, we were in Watford. We had a unit in Watford and we were sort of we'd been growing and growing and growing organically. And we ended up sort of almost over nine different locations, which wasn't practical, you know, or financially practical either, not just logistically. So we made the decision that if we really wanted to be considered and play along the big boys for the Olympics and have a chance at winning some of those contracts that we actually needed to present ourselves in a slightly different capacity than where we were. So um, that's when we made the decision that we then wanted to get everything back under one roof where we started and, um, 
and we moved up to to, to Chesham, which is where our, our premises that now we've grown out of that we've just moved again from. So I think for us, that big move um, before London and then when all the tenders started to come out and um, we had all those early day meetings, it was just fantastic for us to be in a situation where, you know, we really were going to go head to head with some of the bigger boys um, in terms of looking at those Olympic contracts. Yeah. So I think, think that was that's probably a, a, a real a real big change for us. But it, was, it wasn't. It's a change that we really worked hard towards. And yeah, no, absolutely. And, and uh, did you find it easy stepping away? I mean, did you? You obviously, if you you did it for ten years in terms of being on the road, so you obviously thoroughly enjoyed it. Did you find it a big step for you in terms of of moving from the uh, from the road to the office? Oh, mass, massive, massive, big step. It was um, on on all sorts of levels. That was even from going from being self-employed to being employed. And at that time, I didn't quite, you know, I, being employed kind of scared the life out of me, you know. Um, and not just being you know, in charge of your own fate in terms of what you wanted to do. And obviously then there was a whole load of learning office skills as such and just that whole protocol in the office and the different dynamics, you know, in terms of you know, kitchen management, you know, where you can sort of, you can sort of almost yell across the kitchen, we need to get this out the door really quickly and that might not come in the most polite of fashions, but it's okay. But they are, by the end of service, you know, it's gone, everyone's happy, everyone's telling you how great you are. That, that kind of management doesn't transfer very well into an office. So I think there were um, quite, quite a lot of office learning skills and yelling across the office, getting something to go a bit quicker, <laughs> probably wasn't the best place where I started. But um, no, we've, um, we've, we've managed to work through that. And thankfully, I don't do that now. But um, yeah. yeah, big transition indeed. Your management style has changed over the years. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it had to. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have to ask you, I mean, did you, did you have a favourite tour? Do you have one that you look back on and go, wow, that was just something so special? Um, it was probably the last tour that I did, which was, and I did go out a bit on a swan song, which was fantastic. And we did when we did the, um, the Eagles, when hell freezes over tour, which was just, it was kind of the biggest thing at the time. It was kind of, it was the word on the street. It was the tour that everybody wanted to be on. And, um, and I can just remember nearly every night that we'd race to go and watch the show. And where, you know, I remember the first night we were in, um, we're in Dublin where this was the first show and they came out and they opened to Hotel California, which completely blew everybody away. Cause I think we were really expecting that to be the encore, uh, you know, and, um, and I think everyone was stunned. No, it was, that was pretty special. Fantastic. And I'm sure that your party will be equally as special, may I say. Oh, thank you very much. And um, the, uh, as your guests arrive, uh, do you have music planned? It's obviously set the mood. What would you have? Oh, see, my, my song doesn't quite, I, I, I've got a real a song that I absolutely love, particularly as guests come in, and we've used it numerous times for parties here before. And it's um, the Italian Restaurant by Billy Joel. Okay, so, yeah, I, I, I'm afraid I don't know it. But oh. I'm sure it's a, I, I will now look it up. The Italian Restaurant. Yeah, ta- yeah I'm not going to sing it to Billy you, Joel. but no, it's a great. It's a. It's have a. It's, done, it's, have you it's done a, a Billy Joel tour? I haven't, to be honest with you. I'd love Yet. to. I, I can't decide if I would really want to or really not. <laughs> I've never. He's one of. He's one of my favourite artists, and I've never seen him live. Of all the artists that we have seen and worked with. Well, there's still time, buddy. There it is. will happen. It will happen. And uh, what will you be serving them for to drink as they come in? Gin and tonic. Again, very yeah. popular. Do you have a? <laughs> do you have a preferred gin? Well, we were when. Tony and I actually actually only got married three three years ago, and we were very lucky to be invited down to um, the Dodds um, Distillery in London, who were super friends of ours, and um, we were lucky enough to make our own gin, which we okay. yes yes. So I think if, if if that was the case, that's probably we make our own. We've got a, we've got a recipe. We might want to tweak it a little bit, but um, that's what we'd like to do. Uh, does it have any specific traits? Is it is it a flavoured gin or is it a, a clean? Or heavily juniper? No, it, it no, it was quite citrusy, and um, which was lovely. But what we also we when we went down, they told us to take a load of um, botanicals or any herbs and, and things from the garden with us. So everything that we made it with was all out of the garden. So we the t- we had our own bees at the time, so we had our own honey and rosemary and lavender, um, nasturtium. It was lovely. It was great and great fun to do. Oh, amazing. Did you have any left? I do not. We've got about four bottles left <laughs> under <laughs> lock and key, I might add. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, um, yes, if they've, if they've survived lockdown, you've done very well, my estate. Yeah. Uh, 
and uh, in terms of yourself, Bonnie, so before you did Global Infusion Group, um, what were you doing before? How did you end up in events? How did I end up in events? So, yeah. um, as, or, or or always, I've always, yes, no, I've always worked, you know, from a, from the age of 14 when I could. I always had a Saturday job and then worked in the local pub. So, and that whole hospitality thing was kind of, my folks were really super social. We always had a social house at home and lots of parties there. So sort of that kind of entertaining thing for me came quite naturally because my folks had always done it. You know, we always, the Christmas, Christmas was always at ours, you know, just it's just a very, very open and uh, open and good fun household. So, um, so I guess working a pub from the age of 14, which I worked through um, until I was 18. Um, I did my A-levels and was meant to go off to university and had cold feet right at the last minute there and then stayed on much to my dad's disgrace. I tried to talk him to him that I was having a gap year, but here I am the <laughs> years later still on my gap year. Um, well well so, yeah, and, um, and some friends who came in the pub one Sunday lunchtime, they'd been back, they'd been on a lovely skiing holiday and they said, oh, we, we stayed in a chalet and they, we had a chalet girl there. It was just fantastic. You'd be right up your street, Bonnie. So this was on the Sunday. On the Monday, I called the company that they were on holiday with. I had an interview on the Wednesday and I was on a plane on the next Saturday out to Verbier in Switzerland and to start you know, life as a chalet girl, which I absolutely loved. Um, and then from ski season, I then went to Turkey to do to be a villa girl. We were the first five girls that went out to be villa girls in Bodrum at the time. My mum thought I was on Midnight Express. It was just, <laughs> you can probably imagine. Yeah. And yep. Uh, yeah. Well, and, as you yeah. say, no phones, no phones, nothing. no email, nothing. Those, yeah, yeah. I'm away, off to Turkey, mum, bye. Yeah, 18, <laughs> I was 19 then, my 19-year-old daughter off to Turkey for six months. And then and I met some girls out there who actually had worked for Tony at Eat to the Beat before. So it was then you get to the end of the season, what we're doing next. Um, I had already, I had a bit of a gap between, I was, I'd already committed to another ski season again. And then between that gap, I then um, did a trial day and worked for Eat to the Beat, which I absolutely loved went off and um, started my ski season again, obviously kept in contact. And as soon as I came back from my second ski season, was out on the road with each of the beat. And that's how just, you know, from, and there was a whole bunch of us who were seem to be kind of doing the ski season thing and then working with each of the beat. And then I did another couple of bits and pieces of ski seasons. But yes, from the age of 19, I was pretty much locked and loaded in there with each of the beat and there. And here I am here <laughs> still are. here. Yeah. Well, it, is, it is an impressive gap year, may I say. Yes. I mean, have you, as you say to your parents, I'm taking a gap year, I'm going to travel the world, uh, I'm going to go and see around with, with rock stars, maybe pick up a few sporting events while I'm doing it as well, mum and dad. And yeah, uh, yeah it's pretty done. <laughs> so it, you're back at your party. So uh, guests have arrived to Billy Joel, the Italian restaurant. At, uh, they see this beautiful teepee marquee in the garden, obviously with evening sunshine pouring down on it. Uh, English floral around it, I should imagine, in your garden. And uh, what will uh, they be having with their gin and tonics? Will you be serving canapes before the meal? Or, or, or I think, is, yes. is your meal going to be a classic three course or are we doing something different? Not classic three course, no. I would yeah. probably have like foods, like we've got some like like barrels with sort of like little diddy food stations. So canapes not necessarily all served, but some sort mm -hmm. of set out a few DIY ones you probably need to build yourself. But for the rest of it, um, I probably, again, would have some little food trucks um, around the teepee to give it that kind of festively kind of feel throughout the evening. So not a formal sit down meal at all. And then probably for desserts, um, again, again, there's a lovely little food truck that's, um, that says it does, does lovely, delicious puddings and maybe some ice creams. And I've got a great friend of mine who did for a party for us a while ago, made some fabulous porn star martini ice lollies. So that's the kind of way I think I go. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Because uh, I've I, I read a quote as well, which says you're, you're equally at home stuffing jam jars with wildflowers as sampling the finest champagne. Is that, is that, is that the case, Bonnie? Is that right? Absolutely. Will you be, stuff, will you be stuffing <laughs> jam jars with wildflowers for your events? It's going to go with the TP feel. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> 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 great so um we've got uh as you say canapes some some food stalls some handed around and then you're going to do food stations for your as the main no, bits as I well think, like little food trucks they're so the food street, trucks yeah the, the street food trucks are just absolutely fantastic aren't they and i think you know, we've seen a lot of events even go that way with them now 
so yeah i think i think just sort of around the sort of the parameter of the of the area of the tps then i think we have you know four or five little food trucks all different and um so people then throughout the evening can then go and um help themselves i don't see it's not all formally seated at all um and with a big fire pit in the middle yeah and you've you've uh You've talked about, obviously, uh, in, in some interviews and also obviously demonstrated over the years that uh, one of your one of strengths of, of gig is, I suppose, those partnerships that you develop. And obviously you talk about your food trucks, but I know even when you were doing enormous events, so the European Games in Baku and you're working with a local supplier there. So, I mean, how do you how do you go about fostering your relationships and, and driving those partnerships forward? I think... So particularly with like exactly what you say, we're particularly on overseas projects that you know, which we obviously do a lot of, um, that there just aren't the budgets. You know, whilst it would be amazing to kind of helicopter a whole international team in, that's that's great. And yes, we can deliver it probably with our eyes shut. But I just think that um, they're just not the budgets there to do anything like that now at all. And I think you know we're not a big corporate that's you know as Sodexo, it's got you know, deep, um, offices in every country. So what we, we, we decided to do is we kind of try and exactly what you say, na navigate our way around that and say Baku is probably the, a fantastic example of, um, of how those relationships really, really work, whereby we know we go, we've got the skill set to do this. We, we've got the, the physical know-how, but you know, on the ground, there must be catering companies out there who've got the facilities, the ability, the capacity, the staffing element that can plug all those bits. And if trained properly, um, then, you know, amazing things can happen. So we recognised that in Baku, you know, we needed a large facility. We needed a, a company with a really robust food chain because obviously we need to be catering for thousands of people a day. Um, and that's when and the security, again, there was a big element. Somebody who completely understands that in a games environment that, you know, that we do have clean and dirty sites, you know, in terms of what, you know, how that food cannot just be turned up and delivered. And um, and that's when we were introduced to Sky Catering there, the airline caterers who, for us, were just the most perfect mix. Um, they had amazing facilities, a robust food chain. They were the right side of the airport in terms that they were kind of already secure in terms of where they were positioned. And what they didn't do was actually that service piece. So for work, for us there, that was a match made in heaven. Um, and and that's that's kind of what, what we do going, you know, in other, you know, like we have in, in, in Rio, um, in Pyeongchang as well is again we've just looked for somebody who's a really good fit and probably somebody who's a good size a similar size business to us um, in terms of being business owners and they understand they're on your wavelength in terms of how you make things happen you know and you want to be talking to your contemporary at all times so um, I think that you know it, it's, it's, it's a really good it's a really good um, scenario to find those grand partners and um, we've gone on then to work with them in the future. Or if a games or something else has come up, going back to Baku, like the Islamic games, it's infinitely smaller than that. Yeah. But one of the other venue caterers, Fresh Catering there, came to us and said, you know, could you help us? We learned so much with you. The games, the Islamic games weren't as big, but um, with some sort of help and guidance. So we had two of our guys go out and work on the tender with them. They, they, the, the, um, the, the government knew that we were part of that tender and that part of that program was written and there'd be a handful of our guys there so that that, that was one and um and we had about a dozen people out there with them for that yeah. which was just fantastic and that was very much in a supporting role and we could see how much as a business that they'd grown over those sort of two or three years after the europeans were, were in azerbaijan yeah i was going to say you must have some very nice legacy stories out there absolutely we and um we, we have our legacy crew is what we call okay. them, which, which is which is fantastic. And we've got them going back from our first international games, which was in um, Qatar for the Asian Games in 2006. That was the first time that we really took a big leap onto the um, onto the game stage there. And um, and and what we've done is each games that we've we've done, we've still got guys that were working with us, lo local guys from Qatar who worked with us on 2006 that came to Guangzhou with us, Shenzhen, came over to London with us, did Sochi, Baku, and each games we've kind of collected, you know, two or three superstars along the way, so much so that when we go out to Tokyo next year, I think we, in our legacy crew, I think we've got about 16 guys that have been working with us as locals over games that we're taking out with us to Tokyo. You know, you, you spend such a lot of time 
training them you know they they know the drill they know the format they know you know what they need to do why waste that talent when we can take it with us so yeah our legacy crew is, is yeah we're super proud of those guys no absolutely and it's a it's it's lovely to hear and it's lovely as you say be super happy about them and it's you know obviously i know you were heavily involved with uh, the Olympics in 2012 in London, and it's uh, it's from a legacy piece. It's been lovely to see how many companies, UK companies, who involved in 2012 have have gained from that and gone on to do other games off the back of it. And I guess in terms of at the moment, obviously the uh, well, the world events industry is uh, is having a challenge, but obviously the UK is is closest to our heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you were at an event last night. Uh, we make events. Yes. Um, supporting the industry and all the buildings lit up in red around London and around the UK, hopefully as well. Um, but in terms of that, I mean, what do you, uh, what do you see as, uh, as, as I suppose, uh, the opportunities at the moment um, or equally as well, I suppose, more, more, what are your learnings from past years in terms of what, can, what people can learn from what, what's happened before with gig and what will happen going forward? I think it's, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? And, a no, and it's a magic question, isn't it? We'd all really like to know the, the answer to. I think for us, what we've done from day one, and which Tony's always believed in, is, you know, we're, we're fortunate enough on one hand not to have all our eggs in one basket. Um, you know, the way the business is, you know, is quite diverse. So, you know, if we were just doing corporate and sport right now, we really would be in a, in, in a, in a bad place. Um, but what we, you know, we're having four very different brands looking at four very different audiences. It means that um, you know we've got the agility and abilities to sort of bend and flex, you know, quite a lot as well. And I think not being a big corporate with layers and layers of mid- middle management either, that we're in a position where sort of Tony, Mary, and I can make decisions almost on the spot in terms of how we might want to pivot and move forwards. So I think you know we we are lucky. But that that's been something that, that, that you know Tony and I have planned all the way through. You know, we've had good years and bad years in all parts of those business and you know we just hope and pray that you know with the with corporate and sport that's that hopefully e2b and some of the eats of eat pieces will carry us through you know this terrible time at the moment yeah and did you it, did you in 2009 10 and 2000 i suppose one uh, I, I guess with 9 11 it must have had a big effect on your music in terms of bands touring etc and 9 11 with the financial crash did you did you have the same difficulties then and did you have not to- not nothing obviously none of us experienced anything like now um the touring i mean the the touring did have an effect with us with 9 and 11 but but not massively so not massively so um and with the finite i think you know particularly from a music business point of view people are so if you're a fan you're just you're just very passionate you know and i think you know we'll see that when the when when all the music comes back to us now that i think there's you know a lot of the fans are so loyal and so dedicated you know, and all through the tough times, I think, you know, we'll, they will be queuing up to come back and see us all in action again. Yeah, I agree. We'll be the roaring 20s going ahead. Absolutely. And, and uh, they will, people will be extremely passionate about coming to your party as well. Um, so they've had, they've, they've had their meal of choice. Uh, Entertainment-wise, Bonnie, what are you going to be, how are you going to be entertaining your guests? Oh, I couldn't pick one here. I was a bit stuck That's with right. one. You're allowed more than one. It's not a problem. Cool. So I would have, I because there's a great guy called Judge the Poet. I don't know whether you've come across him, Philip. I have, indeed. I have come across Judge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love Judge. I just he's absolutely fantastic. So I think as everyone's arriving, I'd have Judge going around and getting all those people sort of chatting together. Yeah. Um, and the other, the other, the other two, I couldn't not have the Globe Girls, obviously. Of course. That would yeah, be, yeah. and yeah. the other, the, the other thing I'd love to do is um which we've seen and I think when we've um, had some of our, our nights out after Christmas in Battersea is the Rocky Oki. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now now you have to. So obviously I know all these people, but you're going to have to tell the listeners. So Judge the Poet, explain more. Oh, impromptu. So with Judge, he takes four or five of you at any one time and you all give him a word, one word, and it is miraculously, he then just turns that into, into a poem. He's And if anyone hasn't seen him, look him up because he's absolutely fantastic absolutely fantastic and the globe girls the globe Mm -hmm. girls are the most fabulous drag queens ever (laughs) (laughs) and i I, and we've 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 had them a couple of parties before and obviously um 
lots of other parties that we put together we you know we suggest them and people are always a bit unsure and they're not quite you know a little bit scared in some cases but they've never let us down they're just and just un, you know oodles and oodles of fun with those guys yeah, they're, they're, yes, they they are. They, as you say, people people are a bit scared when they first come. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, they they soon break the tension. They absolutely do. <laughs> yeah, and the rockyoki is karaoke, but with a real band. So you yeah. get to have your um your five minutes of fame, um, which and I've just I I just love I've been brilliant. I've seen some people I, the most unexpected of people get up and sing with them before. You know, you never in a month of Sundays you think there's that quiet one in the corner, and then you see them see them center stage belting out a ballad so um yeah those would be I think, my three favorites yeah oh, fantastic and i'm sure you could you could have a, a few surprise people to come and do karaoke yeah. Yeah. <laughs> chris martin turns up um that okay. would be good wouldn't it <laughs> it would be good it would be good uh talking of which would you have a celebrity at your party and if so who would it be oh i've just been julia roberts julia roberts okay reasons I, I just i don't know why i just just I'm just a bit of a Julia Roberts fan. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, when did you when did you fall in love with Julia Roberts? I'm just I'm just a bit of a sucker for a bit of a chick flick movie, I think, and I think she's, yeah. she's never let me down. She'll have a lot of people interested to talk to her, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, and she'll yeah, she'll be a good raconteur as well. Um, and in terms of as you as you say, you you Tony have always had a strategy in terms of how you're developing the business. So has it uh, obviously there's been as you say bumps in the road, but in general has it gone as you hoped? Yeah, absolutely. We have had bumps in the road. I think you know we'd have to say it hasn't. You know, um, it hasn't. You know, we've all you know we work hard and play hard, and that's kind of been our philosophy with our teams. You know, we roll our sleeves up and get our hands dirty. We're very very close to it. Um, it could be argued maybe sometimes a little bit close and you sometimes find yourself in it rather than on it sometimes. But um, but no, absolutely it has, particularly with the kind of the growth. And like you said earlier about our, you know, our awards for international trade in 2014 and 17. I think that's testament to how, you know, we've again not had all our eggs in one basket and we've diversified along the way. So, yes, I mean, COVID aside, this should have been our best year ever. We were, you know, from a forecasting point of view, but fingers crossed yeah. that made 2021. Yeah. Because I know you're meant to be doing the uh, expo in Dubai. Yes, absolutely. So I think, um, you know, with the Olympics going and, and then de I think I th I've got a sneaky, not that I know anything about it particularly, but I think expo were just waiting for the Olympics to go. And then they just kind of like almost, I think, did their announcements so, so, so soon after that. But yes, yeah, so that was, um, you know, I think we could see it coming, you know, when all, everything started to disappear. So that's all lined up for the same time sort of next year. So October 2021. And yes, we awarded the contract to head up the UK Pavilion, which is um, absolutely fantastic and very exciting indeed. It is. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, and um, may I ask, in terms of, obviously, you can't say Tony on this. Who has inspired you most in the industry? <laughs> Do you know, I was, I, I kind of, which sounds a bit weird because I've kind of struggled with this as a one, per, you know, as a one person. I think I've been so lucky along the way. To, to be with so, so many great people and they're all great people for different reasons and you know and different in, in situations we've be, we've been in you know so I, I, won't hold, I won't hold you to one then Bonnie you can give me more than one okay so I've got so 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 I've got like I've got Arthur Somerset and Sally Webb are two people who I just think would absolutely need to be with the late great Arthur I mean flamboyant I mean he was just a party himself wasn't he you know and he um was. And just probably in a in ahead of his time, it could be argued in terms of what he was doing. You know, you mentioned earlier about seeing Johnny Roxburgh again. I mean, absolutely amazing in terms of the events that that were doing again with Lady Elizabeth Anson as well. I mean, she was super ahead of her time in terms of what she was doing. Um, yeah. And I think probably sort of more 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 recently or so, I think definitely you know in terms of going back to Baku, you know, with Mary Holloway, you know, putting together you know amazing projects which she continues to do. Um, I think those are probably the, the people for me that I think have probably kind of at certain times have just kind of, if we've grown and changed our business slightly, have been part of that, you know, they've been at that junction along the way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The, uh, the, the ones you mentioned there, so uh, uh, Arthur Somerset has been mentioned before. Uh, Lady Elizabeth Hanson has been mentioned before. Uh, so it's uh, it's kind of interesting that, that, that I think some people don't realise actually how far, what they do uh, reaches or how it does inspire other people so i'm sure you'll be mentioned by somebody <laughs> <laughs> somebody a fiver <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
if that works. Um, and uh, are you having dancing? I'm assuming you're having dancing. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, what's your first dance track? Uh, Young Hearts by Candy Stanton. Okay. Uh, and does this hold memories? It's just, I just love it. Just love it. <laughs> you just love it, yes. Excellent. Uh, you'll obviously have Julia Roberts up dancing with you. Absolutely. What future planning are you doing at present? So in terms of, from a sort of, you know, events point of view, um, yeah. the sort of the, the planning that we've got in place at the moment is being very much around the inquiries and the projects we've got actually going out the door which is very exciting because we have got I think next week we've got eight jobs going out which is just really exciting primarily with the film and tv world and just so what we've been working on there is just how we can deliver these in a safe environment so that's been quite a sea change in terms of what that looks like um, when lockdown came you know we we were managed to um get a contract with the local Buckinghamshire Council um, and the NHS. And we were, we were looking after 15 key worker and hospital sites and also had a team down in Cardiff at the Dragon's Heart Hospital. So immediately we were kind of launched into this new world of how, how we were going to cook, serve food and have staff and crews on site in a very safe environment. So that's kind of really um, paid its dividends with the projects we've got going out now. So they all look, they all look very different than than how we've served food previously. So we've had to sort of change that. And looking forwards um, for next year, I mean, we're in a situation where thankfully, you know, two of the biggest projects have been postponed and not canceled. So with Tokyo um, and Dubai, that's all work that's going on sort of in, in the sort of sidelines. And and we've also got Beijing contracted as well. So with that, it's, um, I think we'll then see with Tokyo going out later, and being out whilst the planning of Beijing would have been in place, we're starting to see Beijing stuff coming now so we can get ahead of the time. Because obviously when everyone's out with Tokyo, that will kind of that would that would have been critical planning time for um for Beijing. So so for us, we're in a we are in a fortunate situation whereby we have got two fantastic projects that, you know, God willing, will all go ahead for next year. Yeah. Um, yes. So that's that's kind of where we know that we're focused at the moment. And obviously, you know, looking forward to any sort of other opportunities that are coming in and how we can um, work with our clients because the inquiries that I've got for the corporates at the moment, um, I think we're all trying to find that new way forwards in terms of what that looks like. How can we deliver an event? Um, so, so I think, you know, it's, there's lots of behind the scenes things going on at the moment. I think there'll be some sort of mock events in terms of how we can get people in and out safely and get people not feeling they've been shortchanged at all. But having yeah. to, you know, having an, a, a different experience, and rather than having just constantly compare it to what should have been the case, I think we need to sort of get people thinking about, you know, this is going to be the case. It's going to be different, but it's going to be a whole new experience rather than feeling you've dipped out of something. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, people come to events for the experience, as you say, and so if, if we're giving them a half-hearted experience, and they're not going to keep coming back. Um, are the learnings from the way you've had to do things now? I know, as you say, obviously you're you're using that for the events that you're doing in terms of film and TV and look at corpus and whatever else. But do you think some of those things will stick? And, and if so, which ones will stick when we come past this? I think, I think some of it will. I mean, it, the, the way that we've been serving the food, which is all individually portioned and just, and it's kind of got pictures of it. You know, we, it, you know, first of all, I was like, you know, part of what we do is that creative bit and making it you know is, is the is making it all look very beautiful which obviously that's not quite the case in some of the you know because we can't but you know I think it's been very well received you know I think people are really really thinking really hard at the moment about hygiene and just you know even just thinking about having loads of bread out where people are like carving and suddenly the thought of doing that COVID or COVID not just it just doesn't really appeal to me anymore where I probably hadn't thought about that previously you know, even just like salad bars and counters and things where you're sharing, you know, particularly in a working environment from an eat to the beat point of view, which very often that is the case. You know, it would have been a, you know, a buffet style setup as opposed to now everyone has their individual portions. So there's, it'd be interesting to see, you know, it's been very well received. I think people have been really grateful, but we've also had quite a lot of com comments about how much more they actually like it, um, that they feel that they're, their, their meals are you know it's just for them and no one else has sort of been close to it yeah no I, I, I think there are definitely things I mean even the simple stuff I mean you know if you go to if you go to a pub at the moment you're not allowed to queue at the bar but you get table service which actually I'm quite happy to have table service yeah, no, absolutely. so much um so uh, 
there is almost some elements of customer service which are getting better through this through this and everyone gets a bit more space as well don't they so yeah no true enough and i think that people will be looking at what what expectations are in terms of space and crowding and things going forward which may which may help us all um However, I'm sure your party will feel packed because it is important that people feel that they're, they're having a good time and a busy dance floor and it's all been good. Uh, but obviously, we, parties do have to come to an end, sadly. And uh, do you have a, a big departure planned? Uh, we've had some people cheat on this, may I say. Uh, I, they've gone, yes, we're leaving the party, but we're having an after party. Uh, you, can, you can cheat if you want to or otherwise if you have a big departure for people. Well, I'm not going, I'm not departing because it's at well, it's home. Well, thing, it's at home, right. <laughs> <laughs> Which basically means it's going to go on all night with a few select people. I know what happens. Yeah, that's, yeah, that yeah. was my answer that I'm not departing. I'm going to be here to the bitter end. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. What do you have? What do you have? Fireworks or anything else for the guests at the end? Well, I've got to mark the end. It might be a bit late for fireworks at that point. I don't think the neighbours would be too happy. But maybe what we could do is have a for the for the last part of the evening a bit of a silent disco go on. I think we'd probably yeah yeah nice keep, keep us all going a bit longer, and then and then a bit of a sing song at the end. I think to see us all out the door all together. Uh, and uh, with this with this late night party, will you be having late night snacks or early morning bacon sandwiches or anything along those lines? I think absolutely something to keep people going. I should think. I think it would be quite late at this point. Yeah. Any, 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 any good Bonnie ideas on that? Oh, you know, and I'm sure we all, the default was a bacon sandwich for all the thinking I've done when people always ask us about what we can do. And like we've come up with all different ideas and this and that. But default setting, I think, at that time of the night is a is a bacon sandwich. Yeah. And for the vegetarians? Oh, well, something along something more along those lines. I don't know. Vegetarian sausage thing. But something that's going to soak it all up. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, yeah, a soaker. Keep them going um, while leaving room for an espresso martini or something along those lines is usually the. Uh, you know. <laughs> and uh, would you have a gift for your guests? Um, I think we probably would of some shape or form. Um, but I think it would what we would do. It would be something that probably that we'd. Um, I, I couldn't again land on one thing for here, but I think I'd like to. I'd like to think it would be something that we'd made out the garden. We've got a lovely garden. We grow loads of our own stuff. We make all our own jams and chutneys and mix our own slow gins and all of that so maybe just a something from the garden even if it's a box of eggs do you have chickens or <laughs> yeah. hens i should say you have hens excellent we've got chickens ducks we've got turkeys at the moment as well, and we've got emus you've got emus yeah tell me more two, when, em- when have you, two emus two emus yeah about, we've had them about four years okay yeah and, we, yeah and this year we got 40 eggs from them amazing they're, they're they're big, yes. The eggs. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're equivalent to about sort of nine or ten chicken eggs. But you can still you can make an omelette with them or whatever you wish. Yeah. Normally we make like one big fried egg with dippy soldiers around the outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, an emu egg. And, uh, uh, excuse my ignorance here. So are they are they the same colour? Sort of eyes in white and no, and, they're and, the most yolk you, is no. Egg wise, abso- yeah. yes, absolutely. But the, the yolk is much bigger by proportion to the white. Okay. Um, a little bit creamier, but the, the actual emu eggs themselves are beautiful. They're like an emerald green, the most incredible colour. Wow. So, yes, yeah, so my gift would be hopefully something, it'd be enough to go round out the garden. Uh, I'm sure they'll love it. Uh, or or could, you could give them an emu egg, couldn't you? <laughs> you just have to get the emus to deliver more. More, if yeah. You get 250 emu eggs, that would be something. That would tell. be impressive, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be. <laughs> uh, uh, so lastly, in terms of yourself, what, what are your best memories from working in the industry? Oh, there are so many, aren't there? I mean, there have been so many magical moments been fortunate to see so many you know so many things I think the opening ceremony of London 2012 was I can't say I, I felt sick and I wanted to cry and it had everything because I just thought that there's no going back now I can just remember the opening of watching it thinking god this this the wheels are Where all turning I was actually in the office we have a tv okay. in the office and I remember just like my eyes were on stalks and just like this is it it's going it's there's there's no coming back that was that was pretty incredible I'm um, going back to other other ones I've, I've scribbled down here was um, the Eagles that last tour, the opening of the Eagles that first night. That again, 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 gave me goosebumps. Um, Nelson Mandela, the concert that we did in Hyde Park, again, that was pretty special. 
lucky enough to do stuff with the um all the band aid guys when we recorded all the the christmas stuff with them that was really good fun and then my julia roberts moment was probably when we did the film premiere for notting hill <laughs> i had to keep having a little chat with myself i was super excited that's that's probably the most excited i've been about something so did you get to meet her then i didn't get to meet her no I, yeah no i didn't get to meet her but i did see her yeah <laughs> and, and she was uh she was as expected absolutely absolutely yeah. no it's amazing 24 years ago cool and may i ask in terms of uh so what, what do you why do you think label has been uh successful over the years what what if you had to sort of distill it down to a few points what would it be i think that we've had we've, we've got we've been we've got the, the diversity that we've got in terms of the different avenues that we go you know like going back to what i said earlier about not having all our eggs in one basket so when something has been tricky on one side, but something else has been able to carry it through. Um, I think that we're proper, you know, we're real old school people. We all, we you know, we work hard and play hard. You know, when it's, it wouldn't be too much for any of us to be seen in a sink in a field somewhere, you know, even now, you know, and keeping that relationships with our, with our clients, as well as our, as well as our crew, you know, we're sending our guys you know, all over the world and asking them to do incredible things for us, you know, and, and represent us in all these different countries. So it's really important that, you know, they're all an extension of us and we make sure that communication's up with them. You know, if there are issues, we deal with them quickly. And I think, you know, because I think, you know, Tony, myself and Mary are, are very much, you know, in, in, in the business and our hands are on it, we're able to kind of, you know, if there's something's not going quite right for whatever reason, we're able to react really quickly. And it's not like six people down the line before we should ever get to hear about anything. So. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think that's yeah. probably kind of where I'm at in terms of, of what's been the success of it. You know, we've been we've been you know lucky enough along the way to have amazing people work with us. You know, we've got people with us have been over 20, 25 years. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so we must be doing something right. You must be. So as you say, it's a, sorry, a diverse diverse business model, uh, keeping a hands-on approach to what you do, looking after your team. And obviously, keeping close to your clients and looking after them as well. And loving and, and what we do more, I think, more than anything and else. And loving what you do, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember coming to, to your offices initially and you had the, uh, I was either platinum records, I think, on the wall for, for many of the, the, uh, the rock stars you looked after. And it just, it's an amazing first impression. It's like, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, but it shows the passion that you have, you know, that the fact that you're, you have a passion both for the, success of your clients and, and for what you do, which is hugely important. And uh, one thing I have to ask as well is that obviously you have had, as discussed, um, great ex uh, success in terms of, of um, overseas work and doing international work. And, and I know there's a lot of UK companies who would, who would love to know sort of how or why they do it. I mean, it, how, how have you gone about it or is there a specific way you've done or do you think there's a reason that you've been able to pick up that business? Um. I think, I mean, we were very involved with the um, the DIT, which have been super helpful for us. You know, we've always kept a close relationship with them. Um, and I think once we got our kind of our foothold, we kind of ended up almost in Qatar when we did the Asian Games. That probably was our first real proper platform. Or not not, not by, by default, we were asked to just go out there for a short amount of time just to try and fix the local crew and the, the local caterer out there because it just wasn't working with such a Western... Um, workforce so we kind of went out with just a handful and it quickly then you know as the numbers went up it became apparent that whilst the the, the, the guys on the ground were amazing you know you don't know what you don't know sometimes do you and I think the ask probably was not the right ask of them in in that environment and I think when we then realized that working with a local partner you know you both learn and you both gain so much out of it and I think that's where we first realized that there's a real recipe here for, you know, not having to bowl in with your whole team and just have got to have everyone on the ground. But there are some amazing companies around the world that we've worked with, who we've kind of and maintain relationships now, now still today with. But, you know, I think that working with 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 a company rather than trying to do it all yourself, I think every, it gets the best out of everybody um, then as well. And that in, and that just went down so well, particularly when you're then talking to which we went on to do the Asian Games in um, in Guangzhou and the university out in Shenzhen. Those, those, those sort of things then, you know, to, to actually be able to go and say, right, we can deliver this games for you, but we actually only need a, you know, 20, 25 or 30 internationals. Um, it's keeping a huge amount of business in the country as well, which is very attractive for the guys that are putting, or the government that are putting the tender out. We're not kind of going in there and saying we need 
500 people and we'll take all those funds out of the country. There's a real attraction to this that actually you can deliver it. We can help and we can support you and we'll manage you from the bottom up. We don't just go in with a team and manage them from the top down. You know, there's nothing greater than getting the calls to say, like like the guys at Fresh in Baku, you know, they're going for the tender themselves. You know, they, they won that tender. We supported them. We didn't do all of the legwork. Um, so so I think that's probably been where it's worked so much. And, and not every situation's the same. You know, the way that we worked in Baku was different than how we did it in Rio, the same in Pyeongchang. It's all, it's all been quite different scenarios. And I think it's just assessing what is on the ground, where are the gaps. Um, yeah, it's not a one boot foot spits, spits all scenario. Yeah, very sure. And, and, and obviously you've mentioned uh, China a few times in terms of where you've worked there. Obviously people would say over here is a big market. Is it, is it an interesting events market? Is it open for business? Um, I think it's very, very competitive. You know, the difficulty with some with, with China that we have had challenges with is that kind of quite often the, the rules and regulations can change quite quickly and you might not necessarily know about it. You know, just because you have a license to sell tea doesn't mean you've got a license to sell coffee. And then putting milk okay. in it could be another license altogether, you know. <laughs> so it's it's really it's really really challenging at the moment. We you know we kind of sort of kind of we're not doing anything actively in China right now. We have our business out there, and then you know we can open those doors as and when. But it's it's a difficult territory to do business in, and I think even just managing it from 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 here in the UK, you know, we had had a team on the ground there. But quite often, you know, that, that whole travelling piece, that regular travelling piece, became quite challenging as well. So. It's a tough, tough country to do business in. Okay. Thank you for the advice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to be rushing there soon, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, there might be certain things that are uh, putting them off, shall we say. But anyway, uh, th things move quickly. Um, but thank you, Bonnie. Um, it's, uh, it's been really interesting to hear about your, your business and your learnings from, from over the years as well. And uh, all the guests will look forward to, to coming to your garden to, to you. even, evening in, in TP to be greeted with Billy Giles, the Italian restaurant, to meeting Julia Roberts, to, to uh, a variety of food trucks serving wonderful food uh, during the evening while uh, Judge the Poet is making up poet, poems. Uh, on the spot for them. Um, they love doing uh, Rocky Oki as well. Uh, obviously, uh, having the Globe Girls uh, will soon break the tension. Uh, gents will get used to them. It'll be okay. Anything <laughs> <laughs> um, I've missed? We've, uh, uh, we've got Silent Disco. We've got Silent, Silent Disco. Disco. We've obviously got um, some some bacon sandwiches and some vegetarian sausage baps for for the for the early morning. Uh, after silent disco, um, Bonnie's obviously not going. She's staying, staying through the night. Um, it's going to be one hell of a party. You going to come? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Uh, I, I shall, I shall look out. I shall look out for the understated invite. Inv invite in the post, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, thank you, Bonnie. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I'm sure listeners will find it very interesting indeed. Thank you, Philip.